What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. All right, the the Denver Nuggets have had an interesting week. They only played, well, they played three games um, because they played the Pacers, I think, on Sunday um, in an afternoon game. And then they played the uh, the 76ers Tuesday, and then they played the uh, Boston Celtics on Friday. And I told everyone in the last video that I would do a little bit of a wrap-up after these games, uh, specifically the Sixers game and the uh, um, Celtics game. Um, the interesting thing is the Sixers game, the Nuggets played that like they do every single game. Uh, they lost by five points to the Sixers. It was similar to the last time they played in Philadelphia, where they just they just kind of faded down the stretch. Um, they had a they had a lead, a five point lead or something like that, and just kind of didn't engage very well, and for the rest of the game, which was interesting. Um, and they ended up losing by five, um, trailing by I don't know thirteen points at one point. Um, and then the the Nuggets kind of they had a couple days off from Tuesday to Friday to to do what they needed to do. In the midst of those days off, uh, Nikola Jokic's, uh, uh, the guy who basically discovered him at, uh, in, in Serbia, who uh, was a big part of his life, uh, was assistant coach with the Golden State Warriors, died. And you could see there was extra motivation in, in Jokic. He had a bit more... Um, he'd certainly had a lot more zest than he did against the Sixers. Um, we are right in the middle of the doldrums of the season. I mean, January into February before the all-star break is generally the worst part of the NBA schedule. It's, it's really when things begin to drag you back. And, uh, this has been a, uh, trying time. Uh, for the Nuggets because they won games, but they don't look great. They're 29 and 14 right now, and uh, they've played 43 games of the season, and you, you could just tell they're not into it. And I, th I think they're, they're, you're going to have to deal with that. There are some other issues the Nuggets have. Um, I'll get into this into in the second half, including their um, issues with bench production, which really played out big time against the uh, the Boston Celtics. But the Nuggets went to a different rotation, and they went to their playoff rotation, which everyone is lauding right now. I happen to think that's a bad thing, and I'll get to that in the second half. And that, that goes into my greater conversation about what the Nuggets need. But let's talk about what the Nuggets did. And the loss to the Sixers, I'm willing to forgive because the Nuggets don't get up for that game as much as the Sixers do. The Sixers use that as a uh, template to see where they are, and specifically Joel Embiid. You could see a little bit of diff perspective on Joel Embiid after last year, after he won his MVP. Um, he He's not as personally at stake in this um, as he used to be. Um, the fans in Philly are much more uh, invested in it. Um, but he doesn't seem to be. He had a lot after the, after the game, after they won, he had a lot more. He was a little different with the media, specifically when it comes to Nikola Jokic. I don't think there is a, I think, I think what he went through this last year, what Nikola Jokic went through last year, I think that kind of changed Embiid's perspective. He was more mag, certainly more magnanimous than he usually is, and I think he kind of understood that the you in order to win two MVPs in a row, you have to be damn good. 
and uh, you have to be a certain type of player. And I think that, you know, look, we'll see what he does if he ends up playing in, in Denver. I have, I don't, I don't, and B doesn't seem to like Den- playing Denver specifically. I don't think that has anything to do with Jokic. I just don't think he likes playing in Denver. Um, and I explained that last year when I talked about that on the podcast. But I, do, I, th- I think the, the, the issue we're having and we've had for for years with the Nuggets and the Sixers is that the Nuggets just don't seem – it's like one of those cities. It's like Minnesota, um, Utah, and uh, um, uh, Philly where the Nuggets just kind of they, – they, they just like – it's like they don't want to be there. And you could tell that they played differently. I'm not saying that the Sixers didn't outplay the Nuggets in the fourth quarter of that game. I mean, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying that the the Nuggets you just can tell because there is no greater there is no greater barometer of that than 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 three nights later, two nights later, where the Nuggets are playing the Boston Celtics and play one of probably their best game of the season, even though it wasn't pretty. There were a lot of shots missed, but it really was a playoff type of game. Uh, Murray and Jokic scored almost 70 points of the Nuggets, 102. Okay, that was one of those types of games. You know, it felt like a playoff game. There was a lot at stake in it. You're on the road. The the, the Celtics had not lost a single game at home. They were 20-0 and at home when the Nuggets came in and beat them. And uh, they they beat them by, by going into playoff mode. Um, we don't, I mean, I listened to some of the wrap-ups of uh, and and read some of the wrap-ups of that game, and I think people have misread this whole thing. You know, the the Nuggets beating the the Boston Celtics was them trying, and through a lot of this year, even though they have issues and they have issues they didn't have last year, a significant por- portion of what has been an issue with the Denver Nuggets has been their lack of, um, of having, they, they are now in that we know what it takes in the playoffs mode. And that can be dangerous because it can get you, uh, lower seating and it can, it can, it can really, it was that whole switch turning thing, but it's not even different than that. Cause I don't think the Nuggets are, are, are in that switch mode. I think they just are bored with the year, which happens. Okay, this happens to every championship team. Um, unless you come back uh, in your second year and you're hungrier than you've ever been, um, it, you're going to get caught up in this. And the Nuggets, I just, especially in games against the Thunder, you can tell that they're like, we just need to get this regular season over with. That doesn't mean the Thunder didn't kick their ass in the in the third game they played this year. Um, it's just, you could tell the nuggets are in a different mental space. And as I said, there is no greater essay of where the nuggets are at mentally than the Sixers game versus the, the Celtics game. And I think the, the, what you've seen is the nuggets have, are, are identifying who they think they're going to play for right or wrong. I think the Nuggets understood that the Celtics had the 20 and 0 record at home and were the best had the best record of anyone in the NBA and it was a all right let's show you let's see what you got kind of game and both teams are throwing blows against each other um there was some rough offense but it looked like a playoff game um, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing, but it was a play, playoff atmosphere. It was a playoff game. The, 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 the uh, Celtics crowd was riled up. 
Um, they were motivated. Um, the, the Celtics themselves were motivated. Uh, it, there was just, they were raining threes in the first half. Um, the Nuggets kept coming back over and over and over. The Celtics just could not pull away from the Denver Nuggets. I think, I think in the first half they got, in the second quarter, they got up by like 12. Uh, and the Nuggets reined them in. And going in halftime, it was a six-point game. And when the Nuggets were only down by six going into half, I was like, okay, this is the, the Nuggets will pull this out. Because I think I think it was a good a sign of where the Nuggets were at mentally. Um, very specifically, Nikola Jokic, who uh, if you if you watch the game, he was dialed in the entire game, and uh, the the Celtics couldn't do anything about him. They had Horford on him. They had Porzingis on him. They t- sometimes switched uh, some smaller players onto him. You could tell that they were trying a lot of different things in order to kind of switch up and confuse no, Jokic, but Jokic was bound and determined to have a, have will the Nuggets to a victory, and so was Jamal Murray, who had probably his best game of the season. Uh, and this coinc- this is the, the game after Jamal Murray had arguably his worst game. You know, he, there's some others that are good candidates for this. Um, it's no coincidence that after this game and, and before it, there was a lot of people pushing to get Jamal Murray into the all-star game. Okay. That's just, it's not a coincidence. Just putting this out there. Um, as I discussed in the last contract incentives and, and things like that triggers are tied to contracts. People, this is this. This happens with players. It's part of the NBA life now. This is what happens with, 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 with all contracts. If you want to get that supermax, you want to get that big deal. You gotta make an All Star game. You gotta be All NBA. You gotta be an MVP. You gotta win all these postseason awards that are based on media. Okay, it's it's completely transparent. It's okay. It's okay to think that Jamal Murray should be deserving an All Star or not. I don't think he does. He has not been nearly consistent enough for that sort of thing. And guard is extremely packed in the NBA. He may get in as a coach's thing or an injury replacement or one of those things, which will greatly affect his next contract. And I hope he gets that for his sake. But this is just part of NBA life. And you saw the lobbying go into full force. Ironically, it started after that Sixers game, which was terrible. It's just one of those things like where uh, he Jamal takes things personally, and this one was Pat Beverly. And you could just tell that Jamal was just going to shoot and doesn't care if he's, you know, if, if he's going to be missing every shot, he's going to do it. It was like that uh, Carmelo Anthony Al Thornton game that I keep coming back to from 2010. There's just, it happens, right? Or that was that 2011? It was 2011. Um, no, 2010. Um, but there, there's just, there's just, those, those things are part of it. But Jamal actually genuinely had a great game against the Celtics. Uh, he was hitting tough shots. He was hitting Jamal Murray shots. Um, he was he was hitting the mid-range, and he was excelling in ways that he hadn't all season. Let's face it. This was, the, this was a truly playoff Jamal Murray game, and he'll probably have a good stretch here. That usually is the sign that Jamal's going to be going into a good stretch, which is great for the Nuggets because they're on an East Coast, East Coast road swing. Um, they've played two of the five games they're going to be playing. Next game is against the Washington Wizards. Good get-right game. and not like, like I would say the Celtics game was probably a get-right get game, but this was, this was even better. And Jamal just 
stepped up and scored 35 points and had uh, eight assists. And it was really uh, a good all-around game for Jamal Murray. Uh, And defensively, the Nuggets um, did a bunch of like five different defensive things. And I'm going to leave it to the experts to uh, dissect this. I don't know exactly what the Nuggets were 100% doing. Sometimes they were complete. They left guys who are too big to guard speedy people on the on the perimeter with some switching but there were some other times where they just played man-to-man strict man-to-man uh it was it was an interesting stew of defense is the best way to put that uh and i'm curious to see if the people who are much smarter than me apart about play play designs uh, and pick this out I'm, I'm, I'm i'm interested to see if what they've seen um with the nuggets doing that in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk to you about the bench issues, which are still there and still very big, and how the Nuggets went with their playoff rotation in the in the second half, which was very telling who they played and who they didn't play. And uh, I'll I'll be talking about the trade deadline and and how the Nuggets are kind of stuck, unfortunately. We're going to get to that right after the break. Coming into the trade deadline, the Nuggets are going to have a series of choices. It's one of those. It's one of those things that you, um, you 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 look at and you think the Nuggets are are at a situation to where they've got their starting lineup locked up for at least this year. You got Jamal Murray vying for an extension. Um, you got MPJ and Gordon. A couple more years. I got Jokic locked up long term, KCP. And the Nuggets issues have been almost exclusively on the bench this year. One of the big problems they've had is that they're relying on a Peyton Watson, who is not a great offensive player. I'm going to call out the DNVR podcast here. They keep talking about how great Peyton Watson has been. His offense is almost painful to watch sometimes, and the Nuggets, I mean, like in this last game, uh, Watson missed, I think, probably about three or four just wide-open threes because they were leaving him open. That's going to be happening because people don't respect uh, his game is that way. They He's a good defensive player, and he wasn't 100% on defense in this game, but he was good. Uh, he had a great block, in fact, in the second half. But there is a uh, another issue, which is the way Calvin Booth obviously envisioned the bench was to be all defense. The issue with that is Christian Brown has not. That you you have to depend on guys to score. You 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 need a defender to score. I guess is the best way to put that. Okay, by that I mean usually there's not two way players in the NBA. It is very, very, very hard to be a two-way player in the NBA. Um, when you get one of those people, you are truly, you truly have a unicorn, because you're either really good at defense or you're really good at offense, and sometimes you're okay at both. Um, and it's never excellent on both. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is probably one of the few. That's why he is he is so good. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is one of the few who's gr- probably legitimately, you could say, great on both ends. Um, Paul George used to be that way. Uh, I think he has fallen off on the defensive end quite a bit lately. But there is a, 
at least from where he was in Indiana. Um, and one of the things that the Nuggets have struggled with is Christian Brown. And as I pointed this out over and over, and I got attacked the first time I, on Twitter, the first time I uh, mentioned this, but this is, I mentioned it again last night, and people are finally starting to see it. Christian Brown has regressed. I'm sorry, folks, he has. Um, because it primarily he's not as good defensively as he used to be, and he just can't score to save his life. And he doesn't have, as the kids would say, he doesn't have a bag. He doesn't have a lot of moves. And, you know, neither does Michael Porter Jr., but Michael Porter Jr. Has, is, is an elite shooter that you have to respect on the perimeter, which makes him exceedingly valuable in an offense like the Nuggets. Christian Brown has, and one thing that has happened since he's lost the safety net of having all these vets with him, and by that I mean he would be in lineups featuring you know, when Jamal would stagger in there, but he'd be, have Bruce Brown with him. He would have uh, Jeff Green. You know, even though Jeff Green wasn't very good anymore, he would, he would, what would happen was he would be surrounded by these wily vets who were able to help him and cover up for a lot of the lack of bag. The bench was terrible last year. The bench is terrible this year. It's, it's just going to be a long running thing here. But because Christian Brown has kind of fallen off, I wouldn't say fallen off. Fallen off has makes it seem like he's been terrible. He's not been terrible, but he's regressed. He's not the same. The Nuggets wanted him to, and they stated this specifically. I need folks to listen to me. The Nuggets stated this on the record multiple times. They wanted Christian Brown to take over a lot of what Bruce Brown did. Okay. And that has not happened. Now, you could say that relative to expectation, this was unfair to Christian Brown, and I would agree with that. I would say that Kelvin Booth made a mistake with construction of the second unit. He made a mistake. He went too far on defense. People have said Vlatko Chanchar are not being out there. Vlatko, Vlatko is a... Uh, average to sub-average NBA player. He is he is not he is not the difference maker, okay, folks. They him being injured doesn't have anything to do with the struggles of Peyton Watson sometimes, but he's been progressing and he's going to be I think he projects to be a great defensive player. Um but uh the he doesn't translate to the struggles of Zeke Naji. It doesn't translate to the struggles of uh, other players who've been plugged in there. And it certainly doesn't plus, um, speak to the struggles of, of uh, uh, Christian Brown, who has, he, it's just the Nuggets hinged too much on him. They wanted him to take a leap that he wasn't designated to take. He is a great energy slash um, defensive uh, guy who can play well within a scheme and will get you um, the fast break dunk, um, get you some transition buckets. But he's not going to be an, in an initiator. He is not going to be a guy who's going to break someone down off the dribble. Um, he's not going to be anything uh, like that. So the Nuggets have over-relied on Reggie Jackson, who I don't think the plan was to do that. Uh, I don't think that was the in the cards. And then they've had to plug in uh, DeAndre Jordan, which I think they would rather have not done this year. They, he is 
firmly moved into his uh, emeritus status as a player, um, break glass in case of emergency uh, kind of thing, like Udonis Haslam was. There is, there's, that is what, De, I mean, no offense to DeAndre, but he is a locker room guy and he's moved into the vet guidance guy on a team era. We have entered into a very tenuous spot where the Nuggets probably legitimately need to do something for the 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 bench and there's uh, there's not a lot of options there's just not a lot of options and the nuggets because they are so top heavy with salary don't have a lot of options to upgrade um and that part is something that is very it's a difficult area to manage. They could try to enter into the buyout market, but the Nuggets are are precarious when it comes to their cap situation. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I think that we have we we've got to a point now where this Nuggets team is a. I mean, I have to put this. You can see what they need, and you don't know how they get there. And I pointed this out on Twitter yesterday. You can just see it. You could see that the Nuggets need scoring and size on their bench because Christian Brown's only 6'6". Peyton Watson's only 6'6". Uh, they don't, and both of those guys are not exactly what you would call proficient scorers. Obviously, every team wants that same thing, but there's not a lot of that there. They don't have the the presence that they need for the bench right now. So you saw a very uh, interesting move by Michael Malone, particularly after Christian Brown struggled so much um, against the, uh, against the Celtics in the first half, he only played five minutes. And in the second half, the bench unit consistent of Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Reggie Jackson, uh, and Aaron Gordon at center, and a, a, a little bit of, of uh, Justin Holiday and Peyton Watson, okay? Um, and sometimes he would get Mike in there and, and, you know, all that stuff. But it was, it, was, it was very much a playoff rotation lineup. And I think a lot of that had to do with the Nuggets' motivation for the night. And I think another part of that had to do with there's no way they were going to trust Zeke Naji with this. DeAndre Jordan, as great as he has been, probably is not the right fit for this kind of game. Um, Christian Brown played five minutes and was really, really bad. Okay? You're seeing things. It, 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 games like against the Celtics, even in a win, have a way of clarifying things. Okay? The Nuggets, the bench was still was not great against the Celtics. It still was not great at all, even with the playoff lineup in the se- in the second unit in the, in the in the uh, second half. It, it still wasn't. The Nuggets are have fundamental issues that they are in a very stuck position to address. They could probably do it better in the offseason, okay? One of the problems with going all in on youth like the Nuggets have is that it this trial by fire has a very good way of clarifying um, what your deficiencies are 
Okay, because everyone can see it. I think most of the Nuggets problems have been there. They haven't exact. They've been clear, very clearly bored with these this this season. Um, but uh, another significant portion of it is the Nuggets have relied on inexperienced players, on players who they didn't have last year, and players that they were hoping would make a leap. Very specifically, Christian Brown. Very specifically, Zeke Naji, who. Uh, I think that contract is starting to look pretty, pretty bad at this point. Um, it is, it is pretty clear that the Michael Malone's very specifically doesn't have much trust in Zeke Naji. If he's playing, um, very old DeAndre Jordan over him or not playing either of them at all. So there is issues. I don't know what the Nuggets can do though, because they are kind of stuck. Um... Maybe the buyout market. Maybe that is something that is in their future. Maybe some sort of move on the buyout market is what the Nuggets need to do to get them over the hump. Um, but that rarely works. I mean, wasn't I think Reggie Jackson was a buyout guy last year. And Reggie Jackson really struggled to fit in with, I forget how many games that was, 20, less than 20 games, uh, 18 games. Uh, really struggled fitting in. Well, maybe it was over twenty, um, and it was it was something that you know, just kind of stood out. It's like uh, the Nuggets are very specific with Nikola Jokic on this team. The best bench they ever had was when Mason Plumlee was here, and we complained about the the bench then. Okay, but Mason could at least pass the ball, initiate the offense. Um, the the Nuggets are just kind of stuck. They're stuck. Um, there's not much they can do. So they kind of have to make the best of it, which is what you saw last night. The Nuggets went full playoff rotation. I fully expect them to go back to DeAndre Jordan um, and have Christian Brown play minutes uh, in the uh, uh, next game against the Wizards. You know, why not? It's the Wizards. So that is going to be playing out until the trade deadline. Like I said, I just I just don't see the Nuggets making a move or really doing it, being able to do much of anything. They made their lot in the offseason, which is really the time the Nuggets needed to progress in a different direction. Um if you if they were going to, they decided not to with that. So what do you do? Well, you kind of are who you are at this point, which I know sounds like a, a shrug, but it really is what it is at this point. The Nuggets kind of are where they are, and uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how Michael Malone deals with this in minutes-wise because he you clearly doesn't want to do the Aaron Gordon at center lineup until the playoffs. He clearly does not want to do that, and um, why should he, all right? Okay, Nuggets beat the Celtics. Big, big barometer win for them this year. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, very happy they won that, and you could tell that they really, really wanted that one. So it was a great performance by all those guys, and uh, they're on to Washington. So uh, I'll, uh, this is Jeff Morton. I'll be back, uh, oh, I don't know, a couple days with another episode. Goodbye.